I am fascinated by this story, and I love this story. The Bible says that this man was laying there probably since birth. This was his, the way he lived. It's the way he got money. It's the way he was able to provide for himself. Somebody must have been connected to him to bring him to this spot every single day and bring him away from this spot every single day. Jesus himself must have passed this man on multiple occasions. The apostles must have passed him on multiple occasions because this was, again, this was, they're just going to work. They're going to the gas station. They're stopping by King Supers. They're seeing the same checkout lady every single time they go. It's just not something, it's just like, oh, there's that guy. There's the dude. That's the guy at the gate, beautiful. There he is again. Hey, man, I got nothing for you today, but, you know, God bless you. Stay warm. Hope you get fed today. Jesus himself must have walked by him, knowing that this was going to spark something in the church. And he, he, he why didn't Jesus heal him? Why didn't Jesus walk by and heal him all the times he passed him? Why did the apostles heal him all the times that he passed him? I can tell you, my friends, it, would, it has to be in God's timing. There's something that God sparks in his timing and in his healing that we cannot comprehend. We just don't understand. We pray. Now, listen, I'm going to pray for Ted and I'm going to pray for Kevin until I die that they get healed. But it's really up to the Father and His timing and how He wants to heal them. Listen, I feel like sometimes we're cheerleaders for God. God doesn't need a cheerleader. We, we feel like we, it's like, well, oh, God just got a bad name because God didn't get healed. You know, that I, I just, we got to cast that aside. That's, that's false belief. What we're saying is, I'm going to believe with the amount of faith that I have. I'm just going to exercise it. And then, then it's out of my hands. I did what I was supposed to do. And then I'm believing God to heal. I'm believing God to work. I'm believing God's supernatural power to intercede. I think we live, in, I think we live as Christians, we live in guilt all the time. And pretty soon that guilt turns to shame. And pretty soon that shame turns to silence. I prayed for you 10 times, bro. You never got healed. I feel ashamed. I feel like maybe my faith isn't strong enough. And then my shame just turns to silence. Well, I guess God doesn't want to heal you. I guess God doesn't want to restore that. I guess God doesn't want to do that. So that's not the point. I don't know how many times this guy was prayed for. I don't know how many times he was passed by. I don't know how many times he was looked at. But it was in God's timing, God's perfect timing, that he was healed. Verses 6 through 10, Peter says something that is rather profound, but it's easy to miss. He says this, silver and gold I do not have, right? But what I do have... I give you. And if you can underline that or highlight that in your Bible, what I do have, I give you. Would you say that with me? What I do have, I give you. Say it one more time. Get in your spirit. What I do have, I give you. My friends, this is so simple. How many times do we try to be someone that we're not? How many times do we try to give something that we don't have? How many times do we try to be something that we're not or operate in something that we don't have or try to try to solve a problem we don't have an answer to? I love the simplicity of this message when Peter said, look, dude, I don't have what you're expecting, but what I have is what I can give. This is why I think it's so important for us to discover who we are in Christ discover why we're created, to discover our strengths, 
to discover our tendencies, to discover. This is why I'm so excited for, for Jordan's small group, because this is going to expose who we really are in a good way. Highlight that. I can't be someone I'm not. I can't, I can't be you, and you can't be me. You've got to let me operate in the gifts and the anointing that God has given me. And I've got to let you operate in the gifts and the anointings that he's given you. How much freedom could we have if we just recognize that in our work teams, in our marriages? Come on. You know, Jordan's biggest passion, I love, I love this about him. He says the Enneagram will help us in our marriages. It'll help us communicate one with another. It'll help us understand that when I'm frustrated and stressed, my positivity comes off as something that's not positive. When, when I'm stressed and I'm under stress, I, my, my, everything gets loud and everything gets angry because I'm so passionate about something. But that stress changes it. We need to understand that when we can understand who we really are in Christ, we can really begin to operate as a family in synchronicity understanding the ebbs and flow. It's like, I know why you're responding that way. Not that you're a jerk, but that you might be under stress today. And see, I can look at you through a different lens. I look at you through a lens of understanding and compassion. And that's why Jesus said, look, first of all, be compassionate, one, among you. Honor among yourselves first. Gosh, if we could just do that, we'd probably change the city. We can't be something that we're not. Wouldn't it be just sweeter, as Peter said, basically, here's what I am. Here's who I am. And here's what I have to offer. I, I, can't, I can't solve your financial problem. As a, as a church planter, I feel like guilt all the time. I'm just going to say it. Because the broom's not full and I'm not preaching good enough and Maybe the leadership team isn't standing up to the way they should and nobody's getting involved and whatever, 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 whatever. It's a bunch of crappy lies. But I can tell you that I can't be something that I'm not. I know what I'm good at. I know that I'm good at relationships. I know that I'm a realtor. Not a realtor. A relator. David's a realtor. I'm a relator. I know that I like, I like conversation. I know that I like time with people. That's who I am. I just have to operate. I cannot be someone that I'm not. And my friends, neither can you. We can't offer something that you don't have. And here's the biggest, here's what I think we need to learn. This phrase, I don't know. I don't know. My friend Brock, and you guys know Brock, uh, obviously is an overseer here, has taken a new position in a company that takes care of the elderly. This particular business loses millions of dollars every year for the simple fact of staff turnover millions of dollars like five million dollars a year just in staff turnover i had the opportunity to speak to the um to the coo over the phone his name's steve and i suggested that if people knew their strengths and knew who they were and why they were why they were created the outcome could mean less and less turnover when he heard this he agreed and he said this the biggest problem in business starts with the interview isn't that fascinating? The biggest problem in business starts with the interview. Why? Because people lie. <laughs> when I took this position as program director of 
uh, the digital outreach team. I, I had no idea what they did. I was, I thought, you know, like they crawl social media. That's cool. They sit in a cool room. That's really neat. They're on computers all day. That's, that's, that's groovy. The, the job position came up. You know what I did? I took my strength finders test and all the things, Donovan, that we had been through. And I slid across the hiring manager and I said, here's who I am. If you think this is a good fit for this position, hire me. If you don't, let me get back on the phone and God's got something else. The biggest problem in American business, five, $5 million a year in turnover, Paul, just because people lie. You know why they lie? Because they're insecure. So, so they, they feel insecure. So they feel like they've got to tell you something. They have to be something that they're not. And, the, and it all goes down to trust. If I would just trust my father's my provider and he will give me the, the sustenance and the job and the things that I need, I can simply with confidence sit across from a hiring manager and go, here I am. This is me. This is who I am. If you like this and this is what you need, then hire me. If not, don't hire me. My past would have been, let me manipulate my resume just enough to make sure that he knows just enough about that I know just enough about whatever the heck digital outreach does. But it wasn't that way. I didn't have to be that way. For the, I don't know, the first time in my life, I was in an interview and I felt completely confident. Yeah, no BS. I wasn't lying. I didn't have to be, I didn't have to be, I didn't lean on some fake background, you know, I just said, here's who I am. People, he said, people will tell you anything to get the job. And literally the day they start, they start complaining about the wage, the benefits, supplies, buildings, management, and before long they quit. They'll tell you anything to get in the door. I say all this just to simply say, be who God has created you to be. I promise you, you'll never be free in your life when you discover that. You just discover who you are in Christ, why you're created, what your purpose is. Go on a journey with him. Ask him, why do I respond this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I act this way? When someone challenges me, why, why do I challenge back or why do I back down? You know, when, when everything is gloomy and doomy, why am I happy and positive and why, why am I that way? I want to encourage you guys, go and, and find this out. Come to this small group. It's so good. Now listen, my friends, I'm not suggesting that this miracle would happen if we just discover all of our gifts, right? If we simply find out who we are, I'm simply stating that Peter finally figured out that all he had to do was offer this man what he had. That's all really, the, that's all Jesus was ever asking of him. Hey, just get off the boat. Dude, get out the boat. Get out the boat. Get out of the boat. Walk on the water. Come. Try it out. Don't be an idiot. Stop putting your sand on your foot, your mouth. You know, just, you're, you're so stupid. You say some stupid things all the time. Grow up. Stop being so reactionary. Just be who I've created you to be. You're just a big faker right now. That's okay. I'm, Jesus knew that. We were all big fakers. We're a big faker. He knew that. He had to discover his identity. When he did, all he had to do was say, this is what I have. This is what I can give you. And it's sparked something. Now, Peter had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Right? Acts chapter 2. This encounter with the Holy Spirit. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. I think, I think we need to recognize that's a key part of why we don't see signs and wonders 
like we need to. We operate in the flesh all the time. And the flesh simply means ego. We operate in a false mindset. We operate in a false sense of understanding. This is why Peter is always saying, hey, repent, repent, change the way you think. Your thinking is jacked up. You have to change the way you think. Remember, this man was probably passed by, as I said, over and over and over again. But this was God's timing. Now, let me help you navigate this. I'm gonna, hopefully, this will set us free tonight. Miracles are miraculous. You should write that down. That's pretty profound. Somebody tweet that. <laughs> Miracles are miraculous. This is why they're recorded. And I think in context, we think that every day something supernatural was happening in the book of Acts. And I can promise you that most of the time it was just mundane. That's why I love this story. That's why Acts chapter 3 starts with something common. We're going to prayer. Okay, just going, just going to work. What are you doing? Going to work. What they started to do was look for opportunities for the miraculous to take place. They started to look for opportunities to speak into. They started to look for places of brokenness so they could speak into it. They started to look for places of, of destitution so they could speak into it, so they could act into it, so they could put their hand in it. Nothing really changed around them. The only thing that really changed was the way they thought. When Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. But John the Baptist said, repent, change the way you think. When you change the way you think, you change the way you see. Instead of seeing some loser who made bad decisions, you see a man who might be broken that you can speak into. Instead of seeing a woman who's always emotional, you're seeing a woman who's dealing with God knows what at home. You see the difference? Most of the time, we're operating in our flesh. We're making judgments through lenses that don't understand all the things that God wants to do. We're making judgments through lenses and context that we don't understand. We're making judgments on people. We're saying you're lazy and you might be dealing with a, a disease that attacks your nervous system that no one can see. Think differently. See situations that are common and see the supernatural in those situations. Miracles are more uncommon than common. That's why they're called miracles, yo. I sense that when we read a story like this, we instantly want to come up with a recipe, right? Have you guys heard this? So all we need to do, this is what we need to do to see miracles in our church. Because then we can grow by 3,000 people, right? So this is what we're going to do. Number one, we say you have to have the right level of expectation. Okay, so for you to be healed, it's on you, dude. Your expectation level isn't high enough. So raise the level of your expectation. You guys have all heard this. Raise the level of your expectation and faith. <laughs> Russell, you've heard this, right? Yeah. Number two, you have to want it badly enough. This is what we do all the time. We make recipes for miracles. Oh, you just don't want it badly enough. You, you just got it. Your wanter's broken. Let me pray for your wanter. What the? heck does that mean? <laughs> hey, I'm getting good. I haven't cussed in like a month, so that's pretty good. Thank you, Nick. 
What does that mean even? I mean, it's so, so, so stupid. Oh, let me pray for you on Twitter. Number three, you have to look at me. So in order for you to be healed, you have to look at me. How stupid. What, what was he saying? Hey, I need your attention. Give me your attention. That's all he was saying. Hey, look at me. But we want to make a recipe. Oh, you know what? You didn't get healed. You didn't look at me. So you broke the rule. Sorry. You're out. Number three is out. Number four. You have to be going to a prayer meeting. <laughs> so, again, we make these recipes. We try to formulate miracles in our lives. And can I tell you, this is God's sovereign design and purpose. His sovereign and designed purpose is to do his will whenever he pleases. What he'd like to do is use us to do that. But don't stop just because you pray for somebody and they don't get healed the first time. Keep praying. It could be God's timing. God might be taking that person through a journey. He might be working on something in their heart. He might be changing something that you don't even know about. He might be doing something so incredible that he needs it to happen at the right time so the right people can see what happened that day. Who knows who was in the marketplace that day that saw the man jumping and dancing around? Who knows who saw that and saw that as a miracle and their life was changed? The person that needed to be there that day. Acts chapter 4, man, it blows this thing up. It starts the process that if you want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to be completely undone and completely reliant upon him, by the way. So I just want to throw out recipes, right? I want to throw out franchises. I want to throw out formulas and just say, Father, here's our simple weirdness. If you'd like to heal Ted, we're up for that, okay? We believe help our unbelief. We really want to be a thin place, but I'm tired of feeling guilty because I don't see it every week. Come on. I'm tired of being shamed. And again, nobody out there is doing it. It's me. I'm tired of driving away from this place every Saturday night going, man, if I just wish those chairs were filled, if we had more people, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of feeling that because you know what happens? You become silent. And what is silence? You quit. Screw it. This is stupid. You got better things to do. But it's really not up to me. Again, finding your gifts and your anointing will set you free. Finding why you're created will set you free. Because you know what happens? Expectations drop off. Expectations drop off people who know why they are. I just know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. I know why God's created me. I know the call that he's put on my life. God is sovereign. God's sovereign purpose had come to fruition. It was this man's time. It was his time. People say, well, how come when we pray for people and they, they pass on? I don't know. I don't know. Why doesn't everybody heal? I don't, I don't know. Because I'm done saying it's your fault, my fault, their fault, his fault. I'm done. I don't know. All I can do is say, God, this is your weird plan. Okay? I love being part of this. I don't get it. And and the miraculous is so miraculous. So I, I really can't do anything about that other than just be used as an instrument. So if you want to use me and come through me and bless this, and if you're into this right now, then we're here for you. We're agreeing and lining up with what you want to do. 
Let me wrap this up real quickly. Verses 11 and 12, the people are amazed. Peter says, hey, uh, this is the kind of power that the Holy Spirit gives. So they're like, dude, this is so incredible. You guys are awesome. That'd be great for, it would have been early Peter would have said, yes, we are, aren't we? Why don't we just go ahead and set up an evangelistic circuit right here, right now? Let's, hey, let's take an offering, build a building, and we'll have, we'll call it, we'll call it beautiful. We'll call it the beautiful church. Huh? Yeah. It's where the lane come to walk. Except, you know, Sunday number three, nobody gets healed, everybody leaves, and, you know, the crowd's fickle. So that's just not what he did. He said, look, this isn't about me. It's about who works in me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Why are you so amazed? Don't you remember? And then he goes into this awesome message. And don't you remember the Messiah that you murdered? Don't you remember the dude that you killed? You know, don't worry about it. I know that you're operating in your ignorance. That's okay. God raised him from the dead. So you're off the hook. <laughs> it's like, can you really be convicted of murder from someone who's alive? <laughs> Think about it. It's like double jeopardy or something. Get me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love that? If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we'd be guilty of murder. But since he did, that crime has been washed away. There's no evidence. What do you need for a murder? A body. Yeah, we don't have one. Here you go. That's pretty cool. Peter in verses 13 through 15 gives him another jab. 16, he says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man was made strong and has completely healed him. And finally, he wraps it up. Verses 17 through 26, he says, he gives them the message of repentance and reminds the people of the, pro of the prophecy of whom they were literal heirs of. So here he is. You guys murdered, but that's okay. He's alive. Nice try. Here's cool. Here's the cool thing, guys. All the stuff that I'm that I'm reading about the prophets, you're an inheritance of. You're an heir of. You get to walk in this stuff too. You get to walk in this power too, and this promise too. You get to be experiencing. You, even though you're guilty, you get to experience it. So here he says again, repent. Change the way you think. Right now, you think I'm some sort of magician. Right now, you think some sort of weird power has come over me. Change the way you think. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit in me. It's the Holy Spirit in you. Change the way you think. Oh, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, tonight, right where we sit, we just pause and we interject this prayer. We say, Father, change the way I think. I repent of my thoughts. I repent of the way I think. I repent, Lord. Forgive me. Heal me from thinking that is destructive. Come on, agree with me. From thinking that is painful, from thinking that is poverty, from thinking that is anything that you don't think. Again, Lord, we want to line up with what you're doing. We want to become houses of ads. We want to become thin places. Help us to change the way we think. Help us to understand that we just walk 
in your sovereignty. We walk in your timing. We walk in your blessing. And we can rest in that. We don't struggle, scream, beg, and cry. We just simply speak with authority and believe. And the rest is up to you. Father, bless your people tonight. Bless them with all the blessings of this house. Bless them with breakthrough in their marriages and their finances. Bless them with breakthrough in their, their health and their healing. Bless them with their kiddos, Lord. Bless them in their jobs and careers. Open doors, Lord, for the perfect place for your people. Because if you open them, no one can shut them. In Jesus' name. Let me encourage you guys again tonight. This is this is always such a, a, a I don't know if it's a touchy subject or a controversial subject. Because I, I just fear that we've made miracles and healings formulaic. And if the formula doesn't work, we sort of bail on it. Or we, we have to, at that point, we sort of have to blame something. Or we blame someone if it doesn't work. Rather than just resting in God's sovereignty. And saying, hey, you, it's your timing. If you want to use doctors to heal and throw some new kidneys in Ted, I'm cool with that. You want to just use some natural probiotic stuff or whatever Kevin's sucking down in his system? I'm cool with that. Whatever you want to do, all I want to do is line up with what you want to do. That's what I want to do. My, my hero, Peter Marshall, said this. I don't want to assume upon our relationship. And what he meant by that was, I don't want to assume I know what you're thinking, so I'm just going to go ahead without you. I want to make sure you were with me. I want to make sure you're in this too. Have I made assumptions on our relationship, Father? Have I made assumptions on your will? Probably all the time. My friends, tonight, let's, let's change the way we think. Open your eyes in the middle of something common and see something supernatural. Look for those opportunities. King Super, look up at your cashier. Do it. It's crazy. They don't get looked at. Because you're looking down. You're looking at the cash register saying, oh my God. You know what I do like about King Supers though? When you scan your little card and like all the numbers go down. Like, come on, 132, 132, 132, 132, 131, 131, 131, 130, yeah! And all the while you're thinking gas points. I love shopping at King Supers. I'm like, why would you go anywhere else? <laughs> Such a great marketing ploy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look up, see people. Um, I think that's what they were really saying. Hey, I want I want to recognize you. It wasn't look at me because I've got all the power. It was I want to see you. 